hail the great Glenn Thomas, the most accomplished, the most revered offensive mind in all of football. And, and you know what? Even if he isn't that, we love him anyway. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of TK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is an especially absurd edition of Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Glenn Thomas was hired yesterday by your favorite football team as the new Offensive assistant coach. Now, there's a couple of things that I have to square away before we proceed. There are offensive assistants, and then there's an offensive assistant coach. The same applies to the defense. Whenever you hear in the NFL someone referred to as an assistant, that's actually pretty low-level stuff. That's a person that's kind of a gopher. That doesn't mean go get me coffee, but it does mean go break down this video so I don't have to. Stuff that nobody really wants to deal with once they've made it to a certain status. That's not what Thomas is. Thomas is the offensive assistant coach working under you-know-who. So whether or not he ranks above Mike Sullivan, the quarterback's coach, is debatable. Because, at least in terms of possible coordinator hierarchy things, you would have Sullivan being infinitely more familiar with the offense and, of course, with Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. So, you would think Sullivan would be that guy who is next in line in case you know who doesn't last very long. But let's not kid anybody here. The Steelers needed to hire someone else who could at least think for themselves as it relates to offense, who might be able to bring a different outlook, who might even be able to add to the playbook that seemed to expire on Canada about halfway through the first quarter of every game. Oh, did I eventually mention his name? I did. Matt Canada. And you know what? He's in trouble, meaning leash-wise. This is the first time I can feel free in saying that because it's the first time anyone's been put behind him. Now, look, I, I, I'm, I'm being silly about Thomas and everything else here. His resume doesn't blow you away, to say the least. Okay, he's been in college for a long time, uh, which, as, as Canada is showing everybody and a lot of other college coaches show, it takes time to figure out the NFL game, especially at the coordinator level. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. And Thomas, he was the coordinator last year at Arizona State. Wasn't seen as having done all that great of a job there. Before that, UNLV, a few other stops. He, he did have time in the NFL working with the Falcons for a few years, and he was there, I and mean, this is to his credit, for some of Matt Ryan's best seasons as the QB's coach. But look, 
when you're talking about going out and getting aggressive and hiring someone who's either a potential coordinator or someone you see as being the imminent next coordinator, you're probably going to do a lot better than this. But I don't care. Let me have my victory here. Okay, let me run my lap. You can run it with me if you'd like. Because this coordinator had no business, Canada, ever being comfortable on the job. Presuming that he was, he certainly put up a great veneer if he wasn't. Because I'd tell you what, after about a month of the offseason going by, and remember that drama back in January as to whether or not Canada was going to stay, and the Steelers actually had to put out some kind of awkward statement uh, to the effect that he was, which seemed strange because he was still under contract. I kind of given up on this. I thought that this was just going to be more Mike Tomlin being stubborn. We picked our guy. We're going to stand by our guy regardless of the results, regardless of the lukewarm assessments that I've made myself as head coach about this man's performance. I'm just going to stick with him and we're going to sink or swim with that guy. I at least will applaud this much. I'm not getting you know, all whatever about this hire. And I'm not going to get all whatever about the possibility that Sullivan could take the job. Because honestly, I feel like if Sullivan could have taken the job in 2022, he'd have taken it. Meaning they would have pushed him into that role. But I don't know that they see him as a coordinator type. You have to go pretty far back in Sullivan's resume to find actual play calling, which is, you know, what the job is all about. But they at least made an acknowledgement. They at least made the tangible move to support the acknowledgement. And now there's something. There's a possibility in play. There's at least a name that people like me and you can cite repeatedly all season long as the guy who really ought to take charge of this offense. We believe in Glenn Thomas. We don't know anything about Glenn Thomas, but Glenn Thomas is already awesome. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Mark, who says... With essentially two first-rounders, what is the Steelers' strategy in the draft? Is it to package those and move up, sit tight, take what's available? Well, Mark, they're wide open on a lot of fronts, and I'm always getting a little cringy whenever a couple of the picks are mentioned but not the third. To me, and you've heard this on this program repeatedly, I will say 17, 32, and 49. They have three picks in the top 50. There is no reason for Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Andy Weidel, and everyone involved to not come away with three very, very good players 
all of whom, incidentally, can contribute immediately. That is a draft hall unto itself. Now, if you believe what Omar said out in Phoenix at the NFL's annual meeting a few days ago, that the class in general is seen as being very deep, he said that he considers himself very lucky that his first GM overseeing a draft is this deep. (laughs) There's some kind of selfish considerations to be had there, too. You don't want your very first draft to be a bust. You'd like to, you know, have a couple of guys that people will credit you and stick a little bit of a feather in your cap for it. Nothing wrong with that. I I really appreciated that admission on his part. But it's got to come true. They've got to get three guys. If I'm thinking about what the Steelers have with that trio of picks, I'm not thinking about packaging them, which I think is what you're asking, Mark. I'm not thinking about saying, hey, well, listen, we'll give you, uh, you know, if you let us slide up to 14, we'll give you a 32 or a 49 to do that. Uh Uh-uh. Uh Uh-uh. If you're sliding up just a little bit, and let's remember the Devin Bush example, if you're sliding up just a little bit, even within the first round, the Steelers gave up, if memory serves, a third and a fifth, and those were the picks that they had gotten in the Antonio Brown trade. So they even justified that move by saying, listen, We didn't even have these picks before. A.B. forced our hand. So as we see it, we moved up to get this superior player. So they thought at the time. We can debate Devin Bush some other time, as if we haven't already. They got who they wanted. They got their target. But they didn't have to give up anything that was higher than a third rounder to pull it off. And that's the kind of thing that I could see happening if they move up. That's actually the more common precedent if you look at other teams and other action in the NFL draft when it comes to transactions. So while I do very much and genuinely see it as a possibility that the Steelers could move up, there's there's somebody there that they just love. There's a defensive lineman who they can't believe has fallen There's a corner that they can't believe is still out there. Offensive line. They see someone and they go, man, but you know what? Look at 14, 15, 16. One of those teams is going to take him. We got to get up there. We got to get ahead of them. And then they go ahead and make the move. But it's not going to involve the other two picks. I'm going to say it again. I believe this team comes away with three very good football players who will make an impact in the 2023 season and that's saying something considering i kind of like where the roster is now you know it's not perfect but it's definitely better than it was in 2022 i appreciate the question i appreciate everyone listening to daily shot of steelers let's do another one of these tomorrow 